Hello and welcome back to the Bitcoin Cash podcast following Bitcoin Cash on its rise to global reserve currency. This is episode 13, uh, which I've titled The Flippening Begins and Proof of Passion. And today is Tuesday, the 13th of April, 2021. Uh, I have a new mic and webcam set up, so hopefully that uh, improves the quality of the the audio and the video for everyone. Uh, I bought them on uh, Amazon using purse.io, which I really recommend. Everybody can try that out, which is uh, it's just a site, you know, purse.io is the web address and you go there and you can spend uh, Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash and uh, it will let you trade with people who have Amazon gift cards, right? So they uh, want to spend, they want to turn their Amazon gift cards into Bitcoin Cash and you want to turn your Bitcoin Cash into Amazon products. So it kind of links you up like that. But of course, because Bitcoin Cash is awesome uh, and everybody wants it, you can get a discount so you can set, okay, I'll pay, you know, I'll I'll get a 15% discount, which is what I think I got uh, to trade my Bitcoin Cash for the Amazon uh, gift cards. So yeah, I I highly recommend that. it's a, a little bit strange to get your head around, but uh, once you've submitted it and, and everything and you get uh, you get your delivery straight to your door from Amazon, obviously you can buy whatever you want uh, and pay Bitcoin Cash. So that's super awesome. Um, right, and uh, today, no guest, unfortunately. I had uh, a guest lined up, but he got ill. He fell sick at the last second so that kind of put paid to that idea unfortunately but that's fine Uh, I didn't want to take too long between episodes and so instead I've decided that I'll try doing this as a live stream on my newer better internet connection so hopefully that all kind of goes uh, goes well right so let's get into the uh, topic then so quick price update obviously as we always do uh, Bitcoin Cash today is $708.01, or a little bit uh, higher actually, just before I started this stream. And one BTC buys 88.6 Bitcoin Cash. So actually, the uh, ratio of BTC to BCH has declined quite significantly for BTC in the last episode, which was a bit more than a week ago. Uh, one uh, Bitcoin could buy a hundred and it was like a hundred and three or a hundred and five Bitcoin Cash, uh, but now today it only buys eighty eight point six. So BCH has made pretty substantial gains against uh, Bitcoin for the first week potentially since uh, I started the podcast. To be honest, I think this might actually be the first week that Bitcoin Cash has has increased in ratio against uh, BDC and uh, definitely the first time that it's increased so st- substantially. So that's that's uh, really good to see and it, very interesting to note this is despite uh, Bitcoin being at all-time highs. <laughs> it just currently hit a little over 62,000, uh, even 63,000 earlier today, I think. So uh, despite despite uh BTC being at all-time highs, Bitcoin Cash is still outperforming it. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, 
And then if we check in on the transaction count uh, that we do every week as well too, no uh, huge significant change there. Uh, BCH has still just been outperforming BDC pretty pretty consistently, hasn't been showing huge uh, growth itself necessarily, but it is maintaining a pretty pretty good daily volume in terms of the transactions that are flowing around the network. So that's always good to see. Uh, and the cent value in US dollars is is going up. So even though the transactions are uh, flat, obviously people are doing more, how would you say, more transactions, like more average value per, per transaction, right? So maybe bigger trades are being made uh, on, on average. So obviously there are a lot of microtransactions and things going on on, on Bitcoin Cash, but it only takes a few sizable uh, trades to be in the mix and it can significantly ramp up the uh, amount of uh, cent in USD uh, per day, right? So today it was a little more than 10 billion in, um, in Bitcoin uh, cash cent and it was about 30, 38 billion or 30, I think, yeah, about 37 or 38 billion in uh in btc bitcoin so it is uh well over a quarter and yesterday it was only slightly lower it was only uh nine billion in in uh bitcoin cash but in btc it was only 19 billion so it did literally 50 percent of the cent usd yesterday uh and more than a quarter today and that ratio uh, is constantly <laughs> improving on the uh, BCH side, like BDC has been trending upwards in terms of the cent USD, but because it has that cap and because the more people that use it, the more expensive uh, each transaction becomes, unless the price is also going up to, to increase the pool of funds available to be sent. On average, you know, BCH can be outcompeting BDC either by the average size of the transactions getting bigger or by the number of transactions getting uh, bigger, whereas BDC is pretty much stuck on the number of transactions, so its only lever is the size of the, the transactions, which the price going up helps, but if the price starts going down, or as the fees just get worse and worse and worse and worse, uh, it will obviously get, get worse for um, BDC. And you can see here that actually the uh, BCH uh, hitting 10 billion, that was the amount that BDC was roughly doing in uh, November of, of 2020. Uh, and at the time, BCH was doing like sub 100 uh, million. So it's now up to 10 billion. So perhaps the lag there is about one, two, three, four, you know, about four, uh, four and a half months behind uh, right now for BCH as compared to BDC. And as uh, we, if we see that time frame, uh, shortening because BCH is growing faster. Uh, it, it will be very interesting to see, certainly by the end of this year, uh, what is the the ratio and the amount of uh, commerce uh, done on the two. But twenty five to fifty percent of the daily sent USD had an eighty eight to one uh, price ratio. I mean, that's that's still a pretty good uh, pretty good signs for for BCH. I would say. Okay, so. Right, so, and this is sort of one, uh, one factor, but 
not the only factor in that the BTC dominance has been declining in terms of the overall cryptocurrency market share. So it's got a, uh, it's right now it's at 54%, right? So if you add up the total market cap of uh, Bitcoin BTC versus every single other crypto, BTC is only just, you know, a little bit more than half of the total market cap, which is which is pretty bad news for BTC, to be honest, because uh, if you rewind back to 2013, 2014, uh, or earlier especially, it was always expected to be over 90%, over 95%, right? It was really, really... Uh, dominant in that in that way and that's why all the innovation was in btc all of the community was aligned everybody was building things uh you know together there was a big network effect uh it was it was really powerful but uh when the block size limits kind of kicked in uh and the fees started going up uh, in about 2017 start of 2017 which was uh before the fork in uh, August of 2017, then Bitcoin uh, value just just plunged off a cliff, and it went from more than 85 uh, percent down to uh, it was only like 37 or 38 percent. And since then, it's recovered a bit, and it's come back up, uh, and it has been back to more than 66 percent. Uh, still nowhere near its previous highs. Uh, the altcoins kind of grabbed that market share and, and didn't let go of uh, a lot of it. But now uh, BTC is, is definitely back on the downtrend. So once again, even though it's, it is at all-time highs now at uh, $63,000, it's still dipping towards being under 50% of the, the total um, coin, coin market cap uh, dominance. Uh, so, you know, BCH is gaining on BTC and so are a lot of other coins. So for anybody who is involved in uh, BTC, I would be just a little bit wary about that because uh, that's that's really not a good trend. Right, so uh, the meme of the week, uh, one of my <laughs> favorite uh, segments, we've got a bit of a complicated uh, one here, but it's this comic that it's from, it's almost like a Gary Larson uh, type comic. I don't know who actually drew this original image. It, it, it does look very Gary Larson, to be honest. Uh, it's one of my favorite comics, but uh, for the audio listeners, it's uh, it's a it's a picture of the the edge of a cliff, and on the edge of the, the cliff, there's a, a plank of wood, uh, and on one end of the plank of wood, there's a, a whole crowd of, of people standing and listening, uh, and the other edge of the plank of wood, which hangs out over the edge of the cliff, has a politician basically at a lectern. So the idea is that if all of the people who are on the the uh, cliff side, uh, if that crowd of people, if they walk off the plank of wood, then the guy on the lectern, he doesn't have anything underneath him and he'll just plummet down to his doom. And so he's saying, we will print, uh, which is a pretty typical politician type thing to say, uh, as obviously we've seen with the US stimulus recently, um, coronavirus stimuluses being announced you know, in the trillions of dollars, basically, by Joe Biden, but also all around the world, you know, different uh, currencies, different, um, different, what do you call them, different governments, uh, different central banks are, are all sort of going mad with their printing. 
Uh, and then in this meme, all of the people who are in the in the group, uh, they've got their signs, brr, more, hodl, brah, when Lambo, right? So this is sort of the typical thoughts in the Bitcoin community. Uh, and it, it says, I've got Bitcoin on my Coinbase. I've got some crypto, but I've never used it, right? So they're all the, the crowd of uh, Bitcoin supporters who are listening to this politician, even though they have the power to... Uh, send him <laughs> send him to his doom if they walk off the plank and then the last uh the last element to the comic really the crux of the joke is that just one guy from this crowd of uh bitcoin supporters listening to the politician is has turned around and he's walking off the plank uh like starting the trend and it says hey look peer-to-peer -peer cash is still a thing uh with the bitcoin cash logo right so it is kind of this idea that if everybody in the BTC community uh, realizes and, and switches over and starts using Bitcoin uh, Cash or, or really uh, any cryptocurrencies, then it will uh, it will be really bad news uh, for the politicians. But everybody does have you know the power is with the people. They just have to act as a as a collective. And uh, if that trend starts. Well, it might be pretty hard to reverse, right? So, I mean, uh, I've I've called this episode "The Flippening Begins" with it with a question mark. It's just my opinion, um, but it, I, I think we're at the bottom. Basically, I think that the BCH had hit the low of it was about one hundred and ten to one versus BDC. And I think probably from here, on average, it should tend to appreciate it will obviously be, be volatile. But I think BCH is really going to turn it around and start gaining um, on BDC because it just seems like uh, the narrative has changed. And this is happening at the same time as BTC is probably gaining against fiat currency, uh, which are all being inflated away and people are starting to clue into that. So after, so, so why do I think this, right? It's because in large part, like it's about narrative, right? That cryptocurrency investing in any given currency is, is mostly a matter of confidence or community sentiment, uh, especially in cryptocurrency, more than the actual adoption, right? The actual adoption in the real world or the number of users doesn't need to change substantially in the short term for there to be a big kind of reevaluation. So any change in the narrative can make a big uh, impact in the price. And I think we sort of saw the sort of first signs of that this week. Like I have five links here to different Reddit posts that people made after the Kim.com um, Kim debate, which I, I reviewed on the last episode. So if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and check that out. But basically he talked about BDC versus BCH uh, and... I think a lot of people that, you know, the narrative is starting to fall apart a little bit for BDC as as we've seen the dominance has been dropping and even though the forums have historically been censored and people have been banned for speaking out against uh, BDC and advocating for Bitcoin Cash or for other alternatives uh, that might have their merits um that hasn't mattered in the, in the past so much. BDC has still been the king and still been on top, but all those uh, chickens are coming home to roost in terms of the conversation is now mostly outside 
of those kind of censored uh, forums and, and the world is starting to realize that uh, BTC seems like it has no plan really for scaling on-chain. At any point, the developers, every, everybody who was interested in doing it, anything different, they've all left. So it is literally just, uh, hello, Sheech. Hello, welcome to the stream. Um, glad to have you. Feel free to ask a, ask a question. Uh, this is kind of the benefit of doing a, a live episode, I feel, that we can get a bit of audience interaction going maybe. Um, anyway, uh, so, uh, so yeah, like, uh, so she just, do you think BCH can one day replace BTC because of more people are going to use it instead of BTC? And the answer is absolutely right. That's what, uh, that's what I'll be going into today. And I've got, uh, previous episodes, uh, about that too. So yeah, BCH is, is gaining on, on BTC. The narrative is kind of falling apart that their fee problem is ever going to be fixed uh, or that they're ever going to, um, you know, have any good plans for scaling or, or the developers have just been totally bought out by the banks effectively. So uh, their only response to the world moving on has been to just ban everyone who disagrees, but that's an, obviously an unsustainable strategy because it doesn't fix any problems. It just t sends the conversation somewhere else, right? So one thing that I didn't realize uh, until just this week was that historically everybody says, well, BTC is like the reserve currency of, of cryptocurrencies, right? Because it is the biggest and because it has the most trading pairs, right? That if you have uh, BTC, it's very easy to, you know, if you have a cryptocurrency exchange anywhere in the world, it will trade their fiat currency for BTC. It might not trade it for Ethereum or for Bitcoin Cash or for any other cryptocurrency, but 100% they will have a, you know, dollar to um, to B to BTC market. And then the same was also sort of true in the cryptocurrency markets, which is that the BTC would be the base pair that other things would trade against. So you would have BTC to Ethereum and BTC to BCH markets, but you wouldn't necessarily have BCH to Ethereum. So you could trade between BCH and Ethereum by swapping into Bitcoin and then back out, but you couldn't directly trade between those two uh, alternative uh, currencies. And the same thing with, uh, you know, all the other hundreds of currencies, right? They would all trade against Bitcoin. And so the Bitcoin base pair, trading pair, would be sustaining a huge amount of the intermediate commerce. But what... Obviously, as uh, BCH has had its, um, as B2C rather, has had its fees increasing, what I think is actually subtly happening under the, under the hood is that people are starting to trade Bitcoin Cash as the base pair in the crypto to crypto transfer markets. So uh, with regards to fiat currencies, with uh you know, trading against the dollar or the euro or the yen, probably B2C will still be more popular. But in the realm of doing um, the BCH to BCH, uh, I mean, uh, crypto to crypto trades, BCH is going to be one half of that pair a lot more often than, than BTC is. I don't know whether that is happening today, but I think that's the way the trend is going in. And I clued into this idea because I looked at um, a 
there's a lot of services that let you swap one crypto for another and you can pick any trading pair uh, you want. And I just happened to see that there was just Bitcoin Cash was very, very well represented, right? In those in those trades, there was a huge uh, usage of, of Bitcoin Cash more even than than Bitcoin. A lot of people were trading Ethereum for Bitcoin Cash. They were trading Litecoin, uh, you know, Monero, like uh, other all these currencies. There's still obviously a lot of people using BTC, but uh, BCH is is rising in prominence, and this makes sense because uh, in a in the crypto to crypto markets, the knowledge is very high, right? In the uh, fiat to cryptocurrency markets, you have a lot of people who don't know very much about cryptocurrency. They're just learning about it for the first time, so they go with Bitcoin, which is the biggest, uh, obviously, and the easiest to to acquire. But in the crypto to crypto it's completely different. Everybody already knows and understands about different cryptocurrencies. So what is actually important are low fees, fast transactions, uh, and high reliability. And Bitcoin Cash has those features that uh, BTC doesn't have, uh, especially not anymore. Um, so as a result, more and more trade is starting to shift onto, onto BCH. And I think this is quite an unanalyzed type of phenomenon and it's really one of the things that uh, leads to what I, what I was talking about before with the cent usd uh, rising up so dramatically i you know there, there's a lot of different explanations for that but i think this is one big driver that people have not really uh, considered before or certainly i haven't which is that the crypto to crypto markets do you know, can be driving a lot of that, that there's a lot of trade going on uh, in Bitcoin Cash, even if you don't see it in terms of people buying, you know, goods at a, at a retail uh, store. And that's obviously a huge market because people are doing crypto to crypto trades all the time when they want to speculate on a new cryptocurrency or if they want to transfer between exchanges or use cryptocurrency as a whole as a, a vehicle to get from um, you know, one one part of the world to another, right? A lot of the time that will involve one person on one end has one cryptocurrency, a person on the other end has a different one and they sort of need to uh, meet in the middle somehow. So that kind of crypto to crypto uh, market is it's really positive that uh, Bitcoin Cash is, is starting to, to grab control of that, really. So the main topic for today then in the spirit of this idea of is, is the flipping starting to happen or why would Bitcoin uh, be overtaken by Bitcoin Cash is I thought I would give, give some perspective on why is Bitcoin Cash my favorite cryptocurrency, right? There's literally more than 8,000 cryptocurrencies listed on CoinMarketCap and that's even before you go into uh, the, the tokens and you know, different things, ones that will be invented in the future, right? There will probably be the thousands or millions um, more different kinds of coins and, and uh, you know, tradable assets, maybe billions or trillions, right? There'll be just tokens for absolutely everything under the sun. So why is it that Bitcoin Cash uh, is, is unique? Why would Bitcoin Cash be able to outcompete these um, previous... Uh, these previous, uh, you know, be able to outcompete the entire field and, and get to the top and, and defeat Bitcoin. So Sheikh asks, 
well, when most people are going to start using BCH instead of BTC, isn't it going to be more expensive and slower like BTC today? And the answer is no, uh, basically, because the Bitcoin Cash community is is prepared to scale on chain. And I mean, we have already seen, like we were talking about earlier, uh, that BTC, uh, BCH, Bitcoin Cash, is already today doing more transactions than BTC is, and yet the fees are still, you know, one-tenth of one cent. Uh, and there's no reason that that would increase because as the uh, usage grows up, the Bitcoin Cash community, unlike the Bitcoin community, are willing to um, are willing to to raise the block size and to scale in that way. You know, they're putting a lot of effort, a lot of development into increasing the um, you know into into that sort of scaling, like technical improvements in the in the Node uh, software implementations, so that it's not a problem to have those larger block sizes. And of course. Yeah, and even if the price um, goes up, right? Because as the price goes up, you can just reduce the minimum fee, and I think they already have a plan for that. So at the moment, it's about one. It's one satoshi per byte is the is the price in in BCH. But if if the price goes up ten x, so let's say right now it's about seven hundred. If it goes to seven thousand dollars, instead of paying one satoshi per byte. You can pay one one satoshi per ten bytes. So the minimum floor of the transaction, uh, like uh, cost, can decline relative to the increase in in price, which is not something that uh, BTC is willing to do. But in BCH, it's no problem because the strategy is to have a lot uh, a lot of transactions paying a small fee rather than a few transactions paying a paying a big fee. So yeah, they, uh, you know, in theory, there should be no problem. Uh, and as and it's not even theory anymore, as we've already seen, uh, BCH has already done, um, you know, is already doing more transactions than than BTC and far more efficiently uh, in terms of the the fee structure. So, um, so yeah. So what what makes Bitcoin Cash uh, unique in in that way, right? So why why would it be the most resilient or the most undervalued and and the most likely to last the test of time right so obviously there's a lot of metrics in in cryptocurrencies so we've looked before at the cent in usd and the transactions or different things you know you can look at um i don't know how many twitter mentions there are of a particular coin or you can look at how many physical merchants accept a coin or you can look at uh, how much development goes on right there's a lot of different things that you can you, you can look at the price obviously right so there's a lot of different aspects that people can use in order to uh, determine what what is their favorite uh, coin. But for me, it's Bitcoin Cash, and uh, the reason is uh, well, we're going to need to do a bit of a detour. But the reason uh, is to do with the passion in the community, right? So uh, this is a bit of a long explanation. So uh, we're going to have to start with the fundamentals, right? And that is that in nature. Uh, everybody knows peacocks, right? These, you know, birds that have the huge, um, you know, display of 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 feathers, right? Very, very impractical because if you are a peacock, it is very difficult to run away from a predator, and it's also uh, makes you very, very high visibility to to predators as well, too. So I guess peacocks evolved in an environment where they they didn't have too many of those predators. Um, but 
evolutionary biologists have sort of looked at this uh, phenomenon and tried to explain uh, why would peacocks have have this huge uh, like fe feather display given that it's it's so essentially impractical right it is uh, it, it it takes a lot of energy for an animal <laughs> to grow such a big impressive display but all it does is it makes it slower and and uh, more vulnerable to predators right so why why would it have that and the explanation basically is that uh, if you are a peacock having a very large uh, and very impressive um, feather display proves to other peacocks that you are evolutionary you know ad like evolutionarily advantaged because if you're a peacock that is starving or is struggling in its environment, then you have a you don't have a lot of spare energy to grow a, a huge um, feather like tail display. But if you're a peacock that is already uh, you know well adapted to its environment, or you know you're sort of the fittest, right, in a survival of the fittest uh, kind of idea, then then you do have a lot of uh, energy to to grow a, a huge um, feather display, right? That the you know you don't have to dedicate your your food your food energy consumption to staying alive. Instead, it, it can grow this uh, big display, and so that that uh, that is very efficient in terms of peacocks finding uh, mates and having children because it's very difficult to fake that you can't uh you know there's no other way for a peacock to have a, a lot of uh really cool uh feathers unless it has spent that energy right so another peacock can look at that and and be very well assured that the peacock with all the feathers has you know is is surviving and doing well in its environment because if it was having a tough time it just would not have those feathers right there's no way around that so why this seems like a very weird tangent, right? But it, it explains the whole point of cryptocurrency mining, which is not something that people intuitively understand. So the way that in uh, Bitcoin and in Bitcoin Cash, uh, the, the mining process done, obviously, famously, it burns a ton of electricity. So people who don't understand it or can criticize it and say, Look, this is really bad for the environment. We're, you know, wasting all this money on these huge server farms, uh, mining Bitcoin. Like, isn't that just destroying the planet and just a terrible idea? And the environmental impact is is a different question. I'll have to, uh, you know, go over all the details of that in a in a different um, episode. But for the for the point of today, uh, what proof of work is is it's the same thing as the peacock growing the feathers which is that when you are mining for bitcoins you're trying to solve a uh, an algorithm to produce a new block of transactions to submit to the network uh, but there's no way to fake that except to invest a lot of energy right that's the whole point of the the algorithm so what that means is for the miners because they are pouring all of their electricity which costs them money right <laughs> electricity is not free because they're spending all that money to mine the bitcoins then 
that's what gives the Bitcoins value because they, they've traded all that investment of energy for to, to receive the Bitcoin reward uh, and the transaction fees when they produce a block. And this makes it very difficult to cheat the system because if you want to run a, uh, a mining rig and you don't, you want to destroy Bitcoin somehow, uh, like, you know, by maliciously taking over the network, well, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So you're going to be burning your own electricity in order to, to try and uh, mess around the, the network. So just, just like the, the peacock, you know, you've, you've got your own energy at stake, really, right? So people, other miners can know that uh, a, a miner who produces a block is most likely not attacking the network because that miner has proven that they've spent a lot of their own energy in producing that block. So if they were trying to fraud the network, they would be going directly against their own interests. So that's kind of the whole system that, that ties Bitcoin mining together. And that's why you can be confident as a miner that other miners are not trying to cheat the system. And then that builds a consensus, even though any individual miner does not have to trust any other uh, miner or, you know, they can all be anonymous. They don't need to know who they are. They don't need to know where they are. They don't need to know anything. There doesn't need to be any discussion. The point is, if a miner has burned a lot of electricity and has proven that by the proof of work, which they've submitted in their new block of transactions, then other miners can see, well, yes, you are invested in the system. Because if you, you know, there's, there's no other way you could have got this uh, block or, or produce this new set of transactions, except by spending a lot of your own money. And you're not going to want to tank your own investment um, by, by, by trying to fake, fake it somehow. So, the, you know, the key property is the same as those uh, feathers on the peacock, where it's difficult and impossible to fake your investment in the system. And it's also very self-detrimental uh, to cheat, right? So that's called proof of work in Bitcoin. So one alternative, right, is this other um, other uh, system for determining consensus in uh, cryptocurrencies, which is called proof of stake. So the way that uh, is done is that instead of burning electricity, which, as I said, a lot of people criticize based on the uh, environmental impact, uh, instead, the idea is how else could you show that you are invested in the system and you're not willing to cheat? Uh, and the way they solved it uh, in this proof-of-stake algorithm is that you take a significant number of your coins. Uh, so like we can use uh, Tron, I guess, as an example, is one example that has proof-of-stake. And you lock all your coins so that you can't spend them. Nobody else can spend them, but you can't spend them either. And then because you've done that, you can show to the network, let's say I had, I don't know how much a Tron is worth, right? But let's say I had 1000 Tron and I locked all this Tron and then I produced a block and I said, look, if this block is valid uh, and you accept it, well, then I will not be able to spend my Tron for another, I, I don't know how long they use, but let's say like, three months then 
everybody else in the system can be fairly assured again that you're probably not trying to cheat because if I was trying to cheat and destroy the value of all of the Tron, well, I would be destroying the value of my own 1,000 Tron that I had uh, locked as part of that, as part of producing that uh, new batch of transactions. So, it's yeah, it's, it's this idea that if you... Uh, so, in Bitcoin, there's nothing like that, right? In Bitcoin, there's no uh, staking. You, you can't lock up your Bitcoins to prove prove that you're invested in the network in that way. Although it does sort of happen because when you uh, mine a new block of Bitcoins, you can't spend them immediately. There is a there is a delay until you're allowed to spend them. So it does sort of happen in that way. Um, but, you know, obviously, so some uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Litecoin or Dogecoin, they have a, a proof of work model where you're burning electricity to prove that you're that you've spent resources and you're invested in the network. And then some have a, a proof of stake uh, algorithm where you lock up your coins to, to try and prove that you're invested in the network. And uh, Ethereum famously has been a proof of work network in the past, but they're trying to migrate to proof of stake. Um, so, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. This is, you know, a fairly unique case. There has not been any other cryptocurrency anywhere near as large, like Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency that I have tried to do this transition. So it will be very interesting to, to see how it um, plays out. But the problem sort of with uh, proof of stake, obviously the benefit is maybe that it has less of an environmental impact. But the problem are that, if you are rich in uh, Ethereum, in like a Tron, for instance, in a proof of stake coin, then you can just lock up a huge amount of your coins to earn the transaction fees, and you can just do that forever, right? So there's there's like it's like sort of the one percent of Tron holders can just stay the one percent forever, and the ninety nine percent would never be able to you know redistribute wealth away from them because the one percent holders are just constantly earning transaction fees. And they never have to expend any of their initial uh, coin supply, which is not really the case in proof of work because uh, in a Bitcoin uh, cash system where everybody is making these miners, uh, then somebody else can just make some new miners, even if they didn't have any miners to start with. Uh, there's not a finite supply of total mining machines, just more and more can always be um, made or people can have newer or better ideas of making miners. But in uh, proof of stake, if there's a limited supply of, you know, one, like 10,000 Tron, let's say, and nine people already each have a thousand and they all are staking those coins, well, then nobody else can ever get the, you know, get to an amount of Tron that they could also stake a thousand coins themselves. So it sort of locks people out of it in that way. And it's also a problem because if there is a digression in the network, if somebody does try to cheat uh, or there is some, uh, you know, technical problem, for instance, and the network splits in two, well, on a proof of work system, the miners kind of have to vote uh, with their with their own money on the line because they're, they're burning their own money uh, in electricity fees. So they have to pick, uh, do I want to mine side A or do I want to mine side B? And, or maybe they do a split, maybe they do 50-50 each way. 
But the point is they can't put 100% of their miners onto both chains. They have to divide them in some ratio and show that they support one side or the other side. But in proof of stake, if the network splits, then you can just stake on both chains. There's no cost to that. And so it doesn't really help to resolve uh, disputes that effectively in the case that there is a split. And the entire point of these consensus algorithms is supposed to be uh, to resolve you know, critical disputes, right? Because if uh, when things are going well, you, you don't need any system. You don't need proof of work. You don't need proof of stake. If everybody could trust everybody and there was no uh, disagreement, then you wouldn't need any of this stuff to begin with. The only reason that you need proof of work or proof of stake is in the case of a split. So it is quite important that proof of work uh, you know, forces a hard choice uh, in those disagreements, whereas proof of stake doesn't. So there's also just one quick thing I, I want to touch on as well is there's also a bit of a joke in the cryptocurrency community about this thing called proof of social media. So for you know some coins uh, where they do not have a strong mining network or a strong community or, or whatever, they you know things end up getting decided based on just some certain key influences in the system right like uh you know a couple of people who are very well known well they can just make a twitter post saying i think we should uh use this uh, type of algorithm or i think this sort of is the direction the community should be going in and everybody just follows it right it sort of overrules uh any of the mining network or any of the economic incentives or, or anything like that right so it's very important that you don't get into proof of social media. Like I think a proof of work is probably the best uh, system that we've got so far, but some people like proof of stake, but definitely what you don't want to have is, is proof of social media. And at the time when Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash split into two, this was very contentious, right? Because there was a lot of censorship on the forums and there was a lot of, there was a lot of this proof of social media sort of appeal to authority rather than any other kind of, logical arguments um, so yeah you, you want to avoid that but this is all to say uh, that the reason that I think Bitcoin Cash is my favorite cryptocurrency and the reason I believe in it more than most other cryptocurrencies is because of a concept which I'm coining I don't think anybody has ever uh, you know explained it this way before but basically it's called uh, proof of passion which is that even if uh, proof of work or proof of stake or, or proof of social media are ways of determining the, uh, you know, the, the direction of a particular cryptocurrency, ultimately, cryptocurrencies are just a, uh, a proxy for humans, right? If you have one, like if you have two people who are willing to trade a cryptocurrency, then it doesn't, it doesn't matter what system they use. It doesn't matter whether it's proof of work or proof of stake or whatever. If the two of them are both passionate enough about it that they will trade using that currency, it could be gold, it could be seashells, it could be uh, you know, Pokemon cards, it could be any cryptocurrency, whatever it is, if those two people care so much about that thing that they will willingly you know, uh, trade other goods and services for it, then that overrules everything. That overrules proof of work, overrules proof of stake, overrules proof, proof of uh, you know anything. So really, uh, what you need in a in a cryptocurrency is you need very very passionate uh, believers. 
and historically that's what uh, bitcoin had right that is what btc before the fork had that's why its dominance was more than 95 percent was because all of the passionate committed people were were in that coin and the effect of having a very passionate supporter in your in your currency is massive because not only do they invest their their time you know and resources into buying that particular coin but they bring other things too right they spread the cryptocurrency to others they uh you know evangelize or they build new software or they think of new use cases for it or they uh you know make some cool like projects or or whatever it is that is their particular talent or interest or or energy they will invest it into a currency that they are passionate about and and that operates on a sort of um you know on a, an exponential distribution right so there's a, a t- you know in a community right there might be the top one percent of people who dedicate their lives to a cryptocurrency you know and their entire job all they do is eat think and you know spread that cryptocurrency and then there's a lot of at the other end of the spectrum there's 90 percent uh, of investors who just found it on coin market cap and they just bought that currency and they just hold it and they just hope somewhere or another that it that it goes you know it goes to the moon right but the success of that uh, currency is not going to come from the 90 percent of people who just bought a little bit and hold it it's going to come from the one percent of people that are you know uh you know really creating value in in that community and so this was an idea as well that sort of is related to uh, a, a concept called intolerant minorities which comes from nasim uh talib who's a well-known uh, thinker of the black swan was one of his uh, fa- you know, famous uh, concepts, but this is a different one called intolerant minorities. And the idea is that if you have, let's say, a group of 10 people and nine of them speak German and one of them speaks English, uh, but all of the German speakers speak a little bit of English, well, then the conversation that they have will be in English because uh, that one English speaker who doesn't speak any German, they can't possibly be involved in a German conversation, right? But to be inclusive, even if it's worse for those nine German speakers because their their uh, German is better than their English, they will speak uh, in English to accommodate that that one person. Or, for instance, if you have um, one like vegetarian in a family of five people, let's say then most often, most of the time, the family will eat a vegetarian meal because they don't really want to go out of their way to make a completely separate meal for four people and then a special meal for one person. They just make the meal that the one person can eat and then that's what everybody eats, right? So really, if you just have a small group that will not sort of sway their beliefs that are very inflexible, it then forces everybody else who is more flexible to kind of adjust to that, right? And so that's why proof of passion is so important because if you have members in your cryptocurrency community who don't care about the price or they don't care about, um, you know, people bashing them online or they don't care about uh, any sort of external things, they just care about the currency and they'll prioritize that above everything, well, that creates a very strong core to the currency around which other people can uh, rally and, and then build build a community. So Bitcoin originally had that, and after the split, 
in my you know to me bitcoin cash has that it is i mean some other currencies do as well i'm not i'm not saying that no currency you know other currency has passionate supporters they 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 definitely do but i think bitcoin cash has by far the most uh dedicated um so, you know supporters they have very high proof of passion so let's think about what what constitutes proof of passion right what is something that you can look for to see objective evidence in a cryptocurrency right so uh on the well on the, obviously zero is if people just ignore a coin <laughs> if, if everybody just completely ignores a coin and nobody really supports it or does anything about it that's obviously no proof of passion right but at the low end of the spectrum in terms of small contributions of uh proof of passion it's like social media posts, so we kind of talked about proof of social media. It's not bad for a coin if somebody starts a Twitter feed and starts explaining about their favorite cryptocurrency, but it's very easy to do and it has a very low impact because in general, anybody can start a Twitter feed and just make some posts and everybody can just ignore it, right? Then there's also, uh, you know, genuine uh or once off you know this sort of won't work or it's a dead project or whatever um which is just like negative comments are just such low proof of passion right so if you think about fiat currencies versus cryptocurrencies cryptocurrencies have very high proof of passion because people will go out of their way to advertise and to build projects and do different things Whereas nobody is doing that for the US dollar, right? US dollar or euros or have very low proof of passion. Yes, it's generally accepted in society, but people do not have forums where they're discussing, you know, how great the euros is or how great the US dollar is. And they're not making, you know, uh, different uh, projects or they're not, you know, trying to constantly spread. Nobody is out there advocating the US dollar is the greatest thing ever. Everybody should use the US dollar. People don't do that, but they do do that for cryptocurrencies, right? So uh, any sort of, yeah, hate, haters gonna hate, like Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift would tell you that, right? Haters are gonna hate. So uh, that's low proof of passion. You don't really need to be worried about that. Um, and I think also uh, in Bitcoin Cash, we have this thing, Flipstarter, which is is great uh, and it's actually produced a, a lot of good. But one thing people should be wary of when they're investing uh, in a in a flip starter like a, a decentralized Kickstarter is that it's very easy to create a flip starter page, right? So you really want to be assessing uh, the people who are trying to get funding as to you know whether they've they've proven they have high proof of passion in other respects to back up their their. Um, you know their request for funding until until you give it to them right so you should you should think about that so so yeah low proof of passion is just general social media posts or general you know hate or whatever like in in the in the long term that just fades into the past nobody cares about that medium levels of proof of passion is investing money basically so when an investor buys a particular coin they are signaling to the market that they they care about that coin right because they obviously wouldn't put money into it unless they thought it was a good investment they thought it was going to last uh you know that's a pretty strong vote of confidence it's like um it's like we were talking about uh before with the uh like we were talking about 
God damn, I've lost my train, <laughs> my train of thought with this uh, questions in the chat. I'm going to have to learn to uh, adapt to that. But yeah, so if somebody buys a cryptocurrency, that's a very strong uh, vote of confidence. Oh, and it's like burning electricity with the mining rigs is that they can't fake it. Basically, it's very uh, difficult. You know, you only have so much money. So if you put it into a cryptocurrency, you can't be putting it into another cryptocurrency at the same time. Just like our miners, when they're burning electricity, they're either burning electricity on one cryptocurrency or on another one. Or when the peacock is growing its feathers, if it's spending that energy on growing those feathers, it's not spending it on staying alive, like finding food or, or anything. So investing money is, 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 is a big game, right? But it's only a medium level of proof of passion because cryptocurrencies are very liquid. So it's very easy to acquire one cryptocurrency because you believe in it now. So it's, you know, it's worth more than posting about it on social media. It's more permanent than that. But on the other hand, it's still very easy to sell out of one cryptocurrency uh, to another. So if the, if the trend changes, if the tide moves from one cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and starts shifting towards Bitcoin Cash, well, there's very little to stop people who have Bitcoin now selling it and, and just buying Bitcoin Cash if they believe that, that things have changed. So maybe right now the price is higher, but there's no reason that can't change. And it can change in a very big tidal wave uh, effectively because it's only medium levels of proof of passion. So what is high proof of passion? So this is what you want to be looking for when you look at uh, evaluating a cryptocurrency project for its long-term um, prospects, right? So code that there's been written, writing code, is not a fast process, right? For any sort of um, any sort of significant software, right? There's bugs, there's problems. You know, you need to have people who know a lot about programming, so it takes you know a lot of time and effort to learn to be good at that, and then you need to get it reviewed. And there's so many different processes in it, right? So it's very a high effort to to produce working software. That's what the whole tech industry is about, right? So, in general, if a, if a project has a lot of code being written, that is a very good indicator of high uh, proof of passion, especially because cryptocurrencies are technical projects. So you do really need a lot of passionate developers. Then, obviously, you've also got any other kind of like businesses or or projects that users can interact with. So. Code is obviously the, the most obvious example, but any other kind of uh, business that people start in a, in a cryptocurrency, whether they make a clone of an existing type of business, but it's focused around um, a cryptocurrency, like for instance, there's this one now called OnlyCoins, which is a clone of OnlyFans, except it's made by some supporters of Bitcoin Cash. And so it's, that's all integrated into the, into the platform, right? But unlike putting cash on the line, you know, or posting on social media, like the amount of effort and energy and investment it takes by somebody to say, look, I'm going to do this whole business based around Bitcoin cash, that shows so much more passion and dedication than just somebody who, who has just bought some and is holding it for the time being, or obviously then somebody who just posts once on social media saying, I think Bitcoin cash is stupid. Like, between those two people, one person posts on Twitter and then is irrelevant the next day. But somebody who started a business, they're not going to give up on that um, very quickly, right? So merchant adoption and merchant onboarding is also very, very high 
proof of passion because if somebody's running like a physical shop or it could be an online shop any any kind of shop and they're willing to accept uh, a given cryptocurrency as payment for whatever they're selling like that shows that they believe in it right it also shows they think there's a market that other people will be passionate about that and will spend their their money with them so it's very uh important to have a, a like a lot of merchant adoption that speaks a, a, a volumes a lot more perhaps than uh, like investing money right so the price of a coin can be very high but nobody actually sells any real goods or services for that coin and, and you can see that now you can go on coin market cap and you can look there's hundreds of different currencies that are worth you know tens of billions of dollars or hundreds of billions of dollars or whatever but like if you went to the supermarket or even if you went to some online shop and tried to buy a t-shirt you know uh, even a cryptocurrency focused site and you tried to buy something with that currency they just they wouldn't accept it or they just don't really care about it right so it's very very easy uh, and you don't need very committed people involved to get a very high market cap but you do need people who are very passionate and who are very uh, bought into the currency to have them be accepting it for actual goods and services in, in merchant adoption so that's why that's really really uh, important and then also any other kind of artwork or projects or advocacy like in some ways you can think of this this podcast right this is my proof of passion for bitcoin cash that it's it's it takes a lot of time right i have to research the episodes uh, you know and uh, get everything ready to to stream it i have to find guests which they sometimes fall through like today but uh you know all these all these different things right it's it's not even just putting my money into the project in terms of maybe if i buy a little bit of bitcoin cash but I'm actually uh, trying to improve the entire um, ecosystem by investing in it. But other people have different ways of doing it, right? They make they make artwork, or they make ex explanatory videos on YouTube, or they, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, whatever it is that they do. What you need to be doing is looking for uh, cryptocurrency communities that have a lot of homegrown type of projects, because those things are only come from people who are very very committed to those projects and and will make it succeed in the long run right and then the last uh, <laughs> the last one which is very interesting is that very high proof of passion includes having a lot of haters basically having a lot of trolls and detractors of any given cryptocurrency is a great sign for that cryptocurrency right you might think well if everybody hates this currency it's got a bad negative reputation so I shouldn't buy it it sounds stupid or or whatever but if you think back to the early days of uh cryptocurrency now the discussion has has changed quite significantly but uh maybe you know five years ago right or especially 10 years ago everybody was on the the hate bandwagon for bitcoin everybody said it's not going to work economists this and that it doesn't fit into our theories it's a scam it's a bubble it's going to die it's going to go away Blah, 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 blah. You had millions and millions of people. You still do today. I know people who still think cryptocurrency is going nowhere and it's, you know, they don't understand it, they don't get it or, or, or whatever. And they will actively say it's never, ever going to take over, you know, even after 12 years of, of cryptocurrency just spreading and, and succeeding, right? 
uh, yeah, we even have here Sheech in the chat. I'll answer your question uh, afterwards, by the way. But uh, says uh, that's right. I'm in BCH, especially because the haters. That yeah, exactly. Uh, because people, you know, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference, right? If if a currency is irrelevant, nobody even mentions it, and nobody goes to troll it or bash it or claim it's you know gonna die or whatever if if something is being discussed um then then it's obviously on people's minds and for people who go online and are trolling away then the um you know the the fact of the matter is that they are actually passionate about that currency uh after a certain sense because if they there's something about it that brings them back. Like if you want to troll online, you're basically trying to look and get a reaction out of people, but you can't do that if the currency doesn't have uh, passionate supporters. So trolls are drawn to communities where there's a lot of passionate discussion, like there's a lot of merchant adoption, there's a lot of artwork and projects and new code and you know different things happening in those scenarios. It's, it's prime ground for a troll to come in because they can say, oh, I think this, uh, you know, Bitcoin cash is stupid and it's going to die. And people will write back to them if they went to try and troll some community where nobody cared really or they said, oh, I hate this currency and everybody just ignored them. Well, they would stop trolling there, right? So actually, if you have a lot of trolls and a lot of detractors, then that that's a, that's a really, really good um sign for your currency because it means it means there's passionate people on both sides there's a lot of passion there's uh, passionate people supporting it who are willing to advocate for it and there's also you know trolls that are passionate about getting a rise out of people and they're also flocking to that uh currency right so i mean this is not unique to to cryptocurrencies actually so i i, I really want to you know this theory of mine um does not just come like from from nowhere it's not unique to to bitcoin cash or, or cryptocurrency so i've got some examples here from other you know industries or other phenomenon uh, in the world so businesses is the first category so not so much now but 10 years ago or uh, 15 years ago you know with apple it was famous because steve jobs was always very sort of controversial and forward thinking in his ideas and he would put out uh, products and Apple fans would go absolutely nuts for them even though a Apple was the minority share at the time versus uh, Microsoft or versus other products on the on the market the Apple fans were so committed that they would you know advocate for and they would go out of their way to to buy Apple products you know just basically regardless of anything else they didn't really care if uh microsoft computers were cheaper they wanted apple products because they thought they were better and they thought it was just you know a, a better a better company and a, a better way of of doing things so they would you know were well known for being in the minority but being a very passionate uh committed community uh that that since faded off since the steve jobs uh, you know, unfortunately passed away, right? The new leadership haven't been able to inspire anywhere near as much uh, dedication uh, to their products. And they're also much more mainstream now. They're not in that sort of minority position. 
But for a modern example, you can look at a company like Tesla, where yet again, it's the, the same thing is happening, is that uh, Tesla um, doesn't spend money on marketing, basically, because its own community does the marketing for it. People who are passionate investors in Tesla, they will talk your ear off for days about how great electric vehicles are and this sort of cold personality around Elon Musk and uh, everything like that, right? It, they, they just have a very strong, passionate, uh, committed community. And that's how you know that there's something uh, special going on there. Because if, you know, people wouldn't be doing that. People aren't uh, this excited about Hyundai cars. Like they, they, they just aren't. I mean, sure, I'm sure some people like Hyundai cars, but nowhere near as many as absolutely love Tesla and will go out of their way to, to spread it, uh, you know. In any way they can. So, businesses, uh, yeah, are a good example of this sort of proof of passion concept. Then, uh, uh, sports is another classic one that that everybody knows. So, uh, I'm in the UK right now, so I've got a uh, you know a British uh, football example with uh, Arsenal. But uh, you know the same is true of, of any of the major teams, basically, that they have these huge committed uh, fan bases that will uh, spread. You know, they they will advocate for their team. Like it doesn't matter whether the team's winning or losing; they don't care. They're still there for that team, and uh, they will, you know discuss it with other people, or they have fan forums, or all these different things. Um, you know, they wear the branding of that that uh, that that team. You know, and they buy merchandise and they drive ticket sales. Right? They get their children into it. If uh, we've always followed Arsenal, so. Then their children followed Arsenal, all of those things, right? It's very, very high uh, proof of proof of passion, and that's what makes those communities and those and those brands um, successful. Just like just like cryptocurrencies, you want you want to have that uh, high level of commitment. Okay, so then you've got uh, religion is another good one. Um, so I have an example here, which is uh, Sagrada Familia. Which, if anybody has been to, it's this uh, church that is in uh, Barcelona. I've been there. It's absolutely amazing. It's, it's very like awe-inspiring. But it's this huge uh, church, um, and it's uh, it's not even finished yet. It's been being built for you know hundreds of years, right? Uh, but it's a it's a Christian church, and when you go inside, there's loads of uh, you know mosaic uh, like glass artwork and these huge soaring ceilings and stuff. You can't make a church or a structure like this without really, really, you know, uh, being committed to it. And and so that's an example of, uh, you know, religion driving this same kind of uh, passion and motivation and desire to, to produce great things kind of at any cost, you know. Um, and, and that's just like, you know, cryptocurrencies where people would build businesses or they start... Um, you know, community channels or, or whatever it is that they that they do, and then finally, uh, as a uh, final example of uh, proof of passion outside of cryptocurrencies, I've got social movements. So the one I thought of was the Vietnam uh, War protests, which uh, you know I I don't know very much about that to be honest. I'm not a a real expert in um, you know American uh, history or, or anything like that, 
but it's still very famous because there, there was just these huge outpourings by the public in terms of the music that was produced sort of in protest of the war and the individuals that, uh, you know, were, were protesting at different sites and they made signs and they, you know, and it, and it created this whole political groundswell based uh, off the, the passion and the commitment of those members of the, the community. It was very, you know, fa famous for that. And obviously that applies to any kind of social movements, right? So, I mean, more, more recent example might be like Black Lives Matter, for instance, or the Trump supporters um, at, uh, at the Capitol recently uh, as well too. You know, the, these things, it's just social movements or ideas that grips people so passionately that it's, it's not about, you know, it's not about uh, money or it's not about, uh, yeah, trying to get rich quick or anything like people will actually, you know, put themselves on the line uh, to publicly advocate for and uh, represent or, or spread a, an idea. Uh, and that kind of phenomenon is, is very, very powerful. So, you know, I like that. That's why Bitcoin Cash is, is my favorite uh, cryptocurrency by far, because it has, in my mind, uh, the highest proof of passion. Uh, it sort of has this reputation for being the scam uh, Bitcoin due to a lot of, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of haters online on social media or a lot of people who are invested in Bitcoin and don't understand the history between Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and how everybody, you know, how they came from the same source and you know, there's all these arguments about what is the real Bitcoin and what it's not, you know, kind of thing. But, uh, you know, Bitcoin Cash gets gets the most haters by far of <laughs> any cryptocurrency. If you go online and, and read the uh, reputation, you know, read the comments. And from that, you can deduce like a couple of things, which is firstly that it's making a lot of noise relative to its size um, because it's, yeah, I think, you know, it's the number... 12 or 13 currency or whatever at the moment but it still it gets talked about way way more than any of those uh ones that are higher than it except for bitcoin and maybe uh ethereum but it's still much more in the public eye and that also tells you that the bitcoin cash community they don't care it doesn't matter that they are the most hated coin they don't sort of bow to public pressure and say oh okay maybe you're right i should i should uh, switch over to another currency right they don't do that they, they stick with Bitcoin Cash because, you know, come hell or high water, that's what they're here for. Like, that, that's what I'm here for, peer-to-peer -peer electronic uh, cash. So it's also survived uh, a minority fork uh, in the chain split from BTC and then also splits from uh, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision and uh, BCHA as well. So it's the only coin that I know of that has survived forks well, it survived that many forks. I don't think most coins have even had three or four like forks. It just hasn't happened. But Bitcoin Cash has survived on both sides where it's been in the minority and it still had a strong vision and a strong drive. And then it's been in the majority where some people have had a different idea and they've forked off and they've sort of been lost or they've gone down their own path. But Bitcoin Cash has, has stayed to Bitcoin Cash and the mission hasn't changed and the community is still very strong in advocating for it and that that is unique among uh, cryptocurrencies so that's that's a very high uh, proof of passion there's more physical retailers than any other coin like we talked about before 
Uh, it's very important for a cryptocurrency to have uh, actual places that you can spend it, and that doesn't come uh, cheaply or easily. If for anybody who's tried to convince somebody to accept Bitcoin Cash, you know that in a lot of cases it is very difficult. So with physical uh, retailers, if they're willing to you know, uh, accept that uh, for their goods directly, that, that is such a sticky uh, network effect that is so hard to uh, replicate for any other currencies. Uh, but Bitcoin Cash is very, very focused on getting that merchant adoption and building those real um, commercial applications. So other coins are busy trying to <laughs> release the newest tech or hype themselves up the most online get the biggest pump going in their coin or have the most technical confusing thing or, or whatever but bitcoin cash they're just like look let's just find real people doing real commerce and convince them to accept this currency uh and that's something that takes a lot of passion to do and a lot of passion to sustain so that's another big indicator i think uh and finally you can also see that in uh the in general most cryptocurrency projects especially now that there are so many different cryptocurrencies, uh, they will tend to accept Bitcoin because it's the biggest, Ethereum because it's the second biggest, and Bitcoin Cash almost always is in there. If they're accepting you know, currencies, it will be in that order. It will be first Bitcoin, then second will be either Bitcoin Cash or Ethereum, third will be the other one of those two, and then maybe after that, maybe Litecoin and then maybe like Dogecoin or maybe, you know, whatever other currencies that they like. But Bitcoin Cash consistently gets into that top three of uh, currencies that they will that they will accept because they know that the Bitcoin Cash community is, is very passionate and uh, a lot of the people who run cryptocurrency businesses, they, are, they do come from that same, um, you know, history of being involved in Bitcoin and, and so on and they understand... The chain split and they understand you know peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash they understand that vision and so they do accept um bch so i have here a couple of examples that have, that have come up this week of uh, proof of passion as well which is pretty cool uh so there uh this this um comic was made by oh well okay on uh reddit who is called the king's red apples uh it's this comic which is sort of an analogy for um, the BTC versus BCH debate and uh, whether or not uh, you know you can trade uh, the golden BTC apples uh, which are kind of unusable you can't even eat them for the green you know uh, Bitcoin cash tasty apples and then the red apples are the US dollars right uh, that are filled with worms and are just terrible uh, so, but obviously making a comment, you know, making a comment like this, it's, it takes a lot of time. Like I'm sure the, you know, the author here spent a lot of time on, on coming up with this comic and the concept and execute, you know, it's very beautifully drawn and, and everything. And you just don't see too much of this kind of thing in other cryptocurrencies, right? In, uh, you know, Litecoin or, you know, even in Bitcoin, which is the biggest and has the highest price, you don't see in innovation at the ground level with people, ah, oh, I just made a new Bitcoin comic. Like, <laughs> you just don't see it as much, but you see it all the time in, in Bitcoin Cash, right? And that's where you know uh, it is something special. 
And so then here's another example, which is pretty, uh, you know, sort of similar along similar veins. It came up this week was uh, Reddit user Crazy Fool one uh, drew this kind of awesome uh, painting of a uh, uh, red-haired uh, lady with uh, her glasses, which are in the Bitcoin Cash logo, and at the top it says, "Wow, that's fast." And it's in a, you know, it's in a really cool art style and everything. I'm sure this took a long time to to paint, and it, it came, you know, from a place of, of genuinely connecting with the the Bitcoin Cash uh, community. And yeah, it's it's just what I said before. You don't see other currencies having anywhere near as much of that uh, artistic output or or different. Um, you know different passion projects right that's why it's proof of passion because it comes from passionate people who do uh who, who do you know who in, invest their passion into into that um currency so the message there really for the community i think is if if you want to make bitcoin cash uh, a success if you're uh, drawn to it and you know i mean obviously everyone can be financially motivated there's nothing wrong with that but uh, for building the, the community, uh, really just be, be passionate about it because that, that attracts other people in there. They're drawn to that. People, people notice those things. Uh, I had it on a previous slide. Actually, I didn't um, say it, but uh, let me see. Yeah, here. So it's this kind of slogan that I've heard about in uh, marketing or in entrepreneurial advice, which is that people don't notice that you're there. People notice that you're still there. And I think that's just such a fantastic saying. Like you can think about any sort of products or any kind of, um, you know, concepts or anything. People don't get it the first time, right? Uh, I, I didn't get cryptocurrency the first time. Nobody does, right? They just can't really just hear about it the first time and not be skeptical or have some objections or, or whatever. But uh, as you encounter something over and over and over and over again, sooner or later you think, wait, I've got to start looking into this or, or you notice. You know, like with companies or sports teams, it's the same thing, a, a different brand. If it just keeps coming up over and over and over, eventually you look into it. But how did it come up uh, in the discussion or in your field of vision or in uh, in the world so many times was because people were, were passionate about it. So I think uh, if we really want to make Bitcoin Cash stand out and become the, the largest uh, cryptocurrency, um, the sort of... the the money aspect of it, right? The price and everything, you know, the investment that that's all secondary. That follows the the trend, which is the most um, the most proud and the most uh, passionate community. So, yeah, if you if you like Bitcoin Cash, think think of a way you can you can get involved like that. It doesn't need to involve money. You don't need to be a millionaire investor or anything like that. You just need to think, well, what can I contribute uh, to this community in, in my own in my own way and and uh pitch in so yeah uh we'll just wrap up with i had one uh question from the audience as well sheech again says uh what do you think about paypal in bch so this is sort of an interesting case right because uh like 10 years ago or or let's say five years ago it would have been a a dream for PayPal to be getting involved in cryptocurrencies. And I think it's it's a good thing overall in the sense that obviously cryptocurrency is constantly getting legitimized. Uh, and obviously the branding again is going to be out there in terms of 
um, you know, Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum all being advertised on the PayPal uh, website and all the media articles that came up about it and so on and so forth. But it's a bit of a bait and switch because you actually can't uh, you can't deposit your cryptocurrency into your PayPal wallet, I don't think. Like if you just have the Bitcoin.com wallet on your phone, you can't just send in some Bitcoin cash and nor can you withdraw out of your Bitcoin cash out of the your PayPal account. So really, it's, it's just a bit of a marketing uh, gimmick, at least at this point, because people can have their cryptocurrency uh, and then, or they have like US dollars on PayPal and then they sell it into Bitcoin or uh, into, you know, Bitcoin Cash or, or, or whatever. And then, you know, if they spend it at a merchant, well, the merchant can't accept uh, Bitcoin Cash. Like if you have a PayPal account and you're selling something on PayPal, you can't tick a box that says, when people pay me, send, send me the Bitcoin Cash and giving them a wallet address. No, you just get paid in in your fiat currency right? in us dollars or, or whatever so it is it, it it's pretty it's pretty fake really it's it's honestly just a way for paypal to uh look like they're uh you know they're supporting cryptocurrency and everything and m maybe that will change in the future maybe there'll be enough demand um that people you know they will have to integrate it properly at, at some point but obviously if you can't withdraw it out onto the network and use it with other kind of bitcoin cash uh, services, then it's only going to have a, a limited impact. And it is much better for BTC, uh, this kind of thing, because the Bitcoin community, they, they, cryptocurrency is not scaling it. Basically, it doesn't work as a cryptocurrency. So for them, if PayPal integrates it, and it's really just a number that sits in your PayPal account that you feel great about, even though it's no different to having US dollars in your PayPal account, really, then that that's, works perfectly fine for Bitcoin BTC. But for BCH, the philosophy is more that everybody should actually be participating in and using the network that they should be able to send, uh, their, you know, send money around on chain, and they should be able to get involved in all the different cool apps and services and things that are being built in uh, Bitcoin Cash. So I think it definitely benefits BTC um, more than uh, BCH. So uh, do I know about MTO, the merchant token? Um, no, I don't know about that. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that. But yeah, basically that's, that's, uh, the end of the episode. So, uh, you know, thank you for everybody. I've got four live viewers here. So, uh, shout out to all of them. Thanks for, uh, tuning in. I will obviously be uploading this onto, um, onto YouTube as well and releasing it on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Um, the slides and all the resources are at bitcoincashpodcast.com for anybody that wants to check those out links with links to all the things that I mentioned. Um, you can donate as per usual, uh, as always, thank you very much to all the donators on the, on the previous, uh, episodes. Uh, I will try and get a guest in next time. I know I said that last time, uh, but yeah, it was just unfortunate that, um, there was sudden illness, which uh, kind of prevented that, but uh, maybe next time. And yeah, uh, just go out and uh, be passionate in the, <laughs> in the community, really. Um, yeah, until next time.
He pulled out his laptop and rang up the site Looked at me and said, this'll change your whole life Then he started explaining the basics to me The miners make money by taking the fee Every time a transaction is made incomplete And they work every minute and day of the week A guy named Satoshi created this all He's the mastermind of it, the brain in the ball There's a lot more to say, but before I begin Just tell me right now if you're out or you're in